Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Get ready, my soul. I'm diving in. I'm diving in. What is it that I'm choosing to dive into today? Well, I wanted to go to the words of Charles Fillmore to talk about what it is I'm inviting us all to dive into today. In the book, The Revealing Word, which is basically a glossary of terms, it's literally set up like a glossary, this is how he defines love. The pure essence of being that binds together the whole human family. Of all the attributes of God, love is undoubtedly the most beautiful. In divine mind, love is the power that joins and binds in divine harmony the universe and everything in it, the great harmonizing principle known to humankind. Divine love, this is an important thing, divine love is impersonal. It loves for the sake of loving. It loves for the sake of loving. It is not concerned with what or who it loves, nor with a return of love. Like the sun, its joy is in the shining forth of its nature. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant, which, of course, is 1 Corinthians. Love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everyone. It insists that all is good. And by refusing to see anything but good, it causes that quality finally to appear uppermost in itself and in all things. Love is the great harmonizer and healer. With this definition which I wholeheartedly agree with. With this understanding, with this definition, and making the claim that we make here in these new thought centers, that we are this divine essence, that we are the infinite power and presence expressing as us, at the level of us, at the understanding of us, with this definition, how could we ever move forth in the experience and expression of life with anything other than love being the way? Showing love in everything as the way. How could we possibly do anything, experience anything other than love? Today is an encouragement. Today is an encouragement. I am inviting this community. I am inviting everyone, well, whoever was within the sound of my voice, to be encouraged in this, to live courageously as love, to let go of any notion that there's anything other than love once and for all. And as we are living courageous, fearless lives, let us be passionate about the possibilities that show up 
in our lives. Because the thing that I will... Oh, I didn't put my bookmark back in. Um, The thing that he wrote here, I will find it very quickly. No, I'm looking at life now. That's a a whole other talk. I'm like, that doesn't sound like what I just read. A-E-I-O. I was almost there. Divine love is impersonal. It loves for the sake of loving. We are divine love. Can we move forth loving for the sake of loving? Or do we find ourselves in circumstances and situations and experiences where we put love to the side to express and experience something else? Something that maybe doesn't feel so good and creates conflict. It's something that I think we should all take a look at in our lives. Love is undoubtedly the most beautiful. In divine mind, love is the power that joins and binds in divine harmony the universe and everything in it. We cannot help but be divine love, although we often act in ways, maybe not so often anymore, we sometimes act in ways, and some of us never act in ways. Just to be clear, not calling everyone out, but I'll call myself out. I don't always act in ways that are divine, divinely loving. Sometimes I get myself wrapped up in the world of circumstance and in the world of experience, and I fall off the platform of what it is I teach. The, 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 the distinction that I would like to make, though, is that as I have, as I have embodied the New Thought philosophy as my practice what I have found is that it takes me less and less time to get myself right back on track. And that is the power. That is the power. That I don't ruminate on the ills or the wrongs any longer than I have to. And it's really, really rare that I let them sit and fester. And that's what they will do. They will fester in our minds. And what happens is whatever is in our mind is creating our experience. And so if we are festering and allowing those ill-advised thoughts, ideas, those erroneous beliefs to take hold of our hearts, that's the experience of life we are creating. So today, I really do want us to step forth with the courage to love, courageous, live courageous, fearless lives, and be passionate about the possibilities because we are creating from love even when it seems like it's the opposite. Because love is the creative source. That's it. That's it. Love. For God so loved the world that it gave of itself for the purposes of creation to express itself perfectly as all that is, as all creation. There is always, always, always room to experience more of the infinite. Do you believe that? There's always room to experience more of the infinite because we perceive ourselves finitely, right? And so there's always room to expand and blossom more, to experience and know God, love, perfection. After all, the infinite is inexhaustible, which then makes me also think about uh, (laughs) when I feel exhausted. You ever feel exhausted? 
I, I, I think ahead to what I'm going to be doing in uh, April, and I think, wow, walking 12 to 15 miles a day for 35 to 40 days, it sounds exhausting sometimes to me. And I think to myself, but what I know that I have at the core of me is the inexhaustible resource called spirit, which never ceases in its unfoldment of pure, perfect energy. And so if I understand that that's who I am, how will I ever be exhausted? There is always room to experience more of the infinite because the infinite is inexhaustible. And I believe, and I hold firm in this idea, that we, each and every one of us, and I'm going to invite you into this construct, that we should always be breaking down old patterns of thought and creating new ones of a greater vision. The very first time I ever spoke here at Unity of Tucson, I did the book thing with my bag. Many of you may remember that. Remember that? Yeah, and I talked about how, and so for those of you who were not here or did not understand or did not see that, I had, I had a table back here, and I had all kinds of books on it, and I had a bag with me. And I picked up the bag, and I started talking about the way that we can accumulate thoughts and ideas, oftentimes through these great spiritual books. And I started filling my bag and saying, well, I read this book, and wow, how wonderful it was. And I read A Return to Love, and how wonderful it was. And I read, you know, Lessons in Truth, and how wonderful it was. And I read The Science of Mind, how wonderful it was. And, you know, I started, like, carrying around all of this weight. And I was like... That was me trying to understand all of this from an intellectual point of view. And the intellect was not lightening my heart into the expression and experience. So some, at some point I had to say, if I know who I am, if I trust who I am, I can set down the intellectual ideas, which have benefit, by the way, because once I have embodied them, I can set down the weight of them and just live my life and live from that point of view of magnificent love. But that's what I'm talking about. We need to be breaking down old patterns. A lot of the patterns we need to be breaking down are the ones that don't work for us anymore. How do we do that? Well, it's really in the title of Marianne Williamson's book, We Return to Love. If we can step into returning to love in every moment, in every moment, in every moment, in this moment, and in this moment, and in this moment, how different our lives might be. The first thing I think we need to do is we need to learn to love the self. For many, that's one of the hardest tasks we're invited into, loving ourselves. <laughs> Sherry just said, he took his glasses off. I think it was one of the hardest things that I had to reconcile in my own life was learning to love myself. And I've been at it for a long time now. It wasn't always perfect. But I recognized at a point that the degree to which I loved myself was allowing that inner love to be reflected in everyone I encountered. And how could I understand anything other than pure love in everyone in everyone, whether they behave in ways that I approve of or not. That takes courage. That takes courage. I have done, in the past, a, an exercise 
occurs to me, I don't think I've ever done it here. It's not something that we do on a Sunday morning. And depending on how many people are participating in it, it can take several hours to do this exercise. But I'm going to explain to you what this exercise is by first inviting you to take a look at someone else in the room. Just take a look at someone else in the room. Whether you know them, you may not know them, just take a look and look into their eyes. And I want you to say one phrase that expresses your understanding of their divine nature. Just say it to them. I recognize you as the magnificence of divine love. And so the way that this would work is I would line people up in rows and you would sit down across from somebody and you would have this experience where someone was saying to you the essence that they saw in you from a divine point of view. And then I would ring a bell and like in speed dating, everyone would get up and move to another chair and sit down and then they would have to do it to the person who was now sitting in front of them. And then I would ring the bell, stand up, and you would move and sit and say it to the next person. And we would do a full round of this where everyone was expressing to that person the divinity that they understood and saw in them. I actually call it spiritual speed dating. <laughs> and we would get through the end and, oh, it felt so good. You know, it's like, oh, I'm bearing witness to personal transformation with all of these people giving over to love as the point of view from which they are understanding their experience. We would get to the end, and everybody would be feeling so good. It's like, oh, everybody loves me. <laughs> Listen to the things that they have said about me. It felt so good. And then we did round two. <laughs> which for many people started off as infinitely more challenging. Because round two, and I'm not going to make you do this right now, Round two, what we would do is we would sit across from the other person and we would have to voice our own sense of our divine loving nature. Speak out loud as a testimony, the truth in our hearts about us, which means we had to express the love we have and feel and experience for ourselves. It starts off a lot harder because people don't know what to say. They just don't know what to say in that moment. And yet, you're given 30 seconds to speak before the bell rings, and then you have to step up, move over, sit down, and say something to the next person, and you do a full round of this. I have done this with groups of up to 100 people. By the end of that second go-around, people very freely, easily, and effortlessly have fallen into the field of love so resolutely that they cannot help but express this truth about themselves. What is your capacity to be able to go out, see others from that point of view of pure love, and also understand yourself from that point of view of pure love so deeply that there is an absolute faith behind it that is unshakable. Just check in with yourself. 
and see if there's any place in your heart space that doesn't feel like it's quite there yet. And then let yourself off the hook. It's okay to be where you are. It's okay to be where you are. Just know that if you ever encounter me, the truth I see in you is that pure love. For I see the face of God and I choose to understand the face of God in everyone I encounter. So, there's another thing that I want to do, and that is to acknowledge that there's been a slight redefinition of love for the words of Charles Fillmore are perfect in so many ways, yet they are just words, because love is beyond words, it is a felt energy. And love has also been defined as the self-givingness of the spirit. But I want to really simplify the definition of love by saying love ultimately is this, the awareness of oneness. That's it. The awareness of oneness. And when you're living in pure awareness, when we are living in pure awareness, we cannot help but understand it about all creation. When we are living from the point, I'm putting the glasses back on. (laughs) Mostly because I have a note up there that I need to be able to see. When we are living in that pure awareness, we have moved beyond the idea of God and me, or the idea of God and thee. We have moved into the construct of the definite article. You know, when we talk about spirit, oftentimes you'll hear people say, you know, God is a spirit. God is not a spirit, though. God is a definite article. God is the spirit of which we all are. Every single one of us. This is the truth of who we are. We are the spirit. We are the spirit. And so, the truth of who we are, let's drop down to it. Let us surrender in love and let us have the courage to love more profoundly today than ever before because the great news is that this moment, we get to release anything that has preceded this moment and choose something new. So if that resonates with your soul, I invite you into that expression today and hereafter in every moment. The only, the only perceived problem in this thing called life and the only thing that leads to the experience of discord is the perception of separation. That's it. And the only solution, the only solution, I believe, and I invite you into considering this, the only solution is unifying from the point of view of love. That's the courage to love. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework today, (laughs) 
I love it's the murmur. Oh, yes, the homework. That's right, we have homework. Um, and if you're joining us for the first time today, uh, I give homework every week as an, as an invitation to really put this into practice. So this week, from the point of view of yourself and others as love, I would like us all to spark the world. What does he mean by that? I have an acronym. You know I love my acronyms. SPARK is spiritual practice in acts of random kindness. S-P-A-R-K. So we get to spark our light in acts of random kindness to light up the world from the point of view of love. And that's what I would like you to do today. And every day this week, engage in some act of random kindness as spiritual practice. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.